Hey there, super friends. Uh, it's Kev. And before we start this week's episode, I just want to take a minute and um, share thoughts and prayers or whatever it is um, that you share in times of grief, in times of tragedy, um, to, to a couple of things that happened down in uh, Orlando this past weekend uh, and earlier this week. Um, you know, obviously on Friday, uh, you know, Christina Grimmy um, was killed. Um, and it's a shame, you know, as each, each one of these things that I'm going to talk about, like it's, just, it's, it's, you can connect to in some way. They all, um, are just, you know, a, a tragic event, uh, as someone who is, you know, a, a, I mean, I'm assuming most people listen to the show as a young person, but as anyone that's just a person that, that, um, you know, just wants to go about their life and create art or whatever it is they do. Like, yeah, it's just a reminder. You have to constantly think of your own safety and, um, and whatnot. And, and to, to have to deal that at such a young age, uh, while you're, you know, just wanting to create art is, is, you know, hard to do. And it's, and it's just shitty. Um, same thing as an American, uh, you know, the, the pulse, nightclub um the victims you know large mass shooting there and um just very sad uh event that happened um and of course uh maybe i don't know if this is lesser known it it just happened you know i I read about it yesterday um the 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 two-year-old and this one i connect to you know a little bit more because i have a i have children myself and one of them is two years old and we've gone to disney world and um a gator grabbing um the the two-year-old kid uh is absolutely heartbreaking as well it's all heartbreaking every everything's heartbreaking i mean each thing's going to connect to people differently obviously and then for me it's it's the the um the the gator grabbing the kid it's just a a very scary scary very real thing um and it's um it's just all shitty uh it's a shitty 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 uh time uh for the Orlando area and for just you know people in general um so you know anything you can do you know to just share positive vibes whatever however you do that thoughts prayers whatever it is um send them out to the you know to the families of these victims um they certainly need it right now um, if, if you want to support in any other way, um, I know at least two, uh, of them have some sort of fund me type of campaign going on. So you can go to gofundme.com slash, uh, Christina Grimmie, um, to help her family, um, through this time of, uh, unexpected funeral, which is very expensive and all that. And, um, and of course the pulse victims, um, they, there's a official GoFundMe for that as well. Uh, gofundme.com slash pulse victims fund, I believe is the URL. You're all very smart. All the super friends out there, you can figure it out, um, by Googling it and, and I'll use your best judgment as to which one's official and whatnot. Um, those URLs should be correct though. And if you have some scratch, you know, go please donate, um, you know, to, to this cause, skip mcdonald's or whatever is your vice uh and skip that for the day and and maybe send that money towards one of those causes uh instead um all right uh thanks for listening and we're gonna get on with the show uh i just wanted to share thoughts and stuff uh very quickly with you guys 
awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. You guys are awesome. No, you're awesome. No, you are awesome. Sir, you are awesome. Seriously. Awesome. 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 Everything is awesome. Welcome to Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev. And this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. This week's guest is one of those guests where, um, A, I, I'm going to learn everything that you're going to learn with you. Because uh, I did, as per usual, no research. But uh, this is one of my favorite type of interviews because it's one where um, we kind of have a, a mutual friend. Um, but really, the, the way we met uh, is kind of something that I discovered while doing this podcast over the last couple of weeks and months um, is that the podcasting uh, you know community is just such a tight-knit group and kind of going full uh, into uh, the local chapter of uh, podcasting societies I guess the Philadelphia Podcasting Society um, is where I first saw some tweets or not tweets that's Facebook god damn it uh, I first saw some posts from um, this week's guest who hosts the podcast Full Belly Laughs and um, we some I think he I think the the official thing that happened is he posted something about cross promotion, and I'm a big uh, 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 proponent of cross promotion. So like I instantly like commented, said, "Yo, let's do it." I don't care what we do, let's do it. And um, to make a long story short, that's uh, the Philadelphia Podcasting Society and other podcasting groups that I belong to. Um, proves that the podcast community is probably the, the one of the coolest communities to be part of. And uh, I'm sure that this week's guest is just as cool, if not cooler, than everyone else that we've ever talked to here on uh, Everything is Awesome. Please welcome Brian. I'm going to not screw up your last name. Durkin? That is correct. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, good job, Kev. Oh, man. Thank you. <laughs> we're, so, I, we're so tight in the, in the Philly podcast community. We can guess each other's last names. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, uh, I, I'm a terrible... Um, uh, English student, if you will. Like, so like I, I, uh, I have trouble. I, I think my mind works faster than I want to speak. So, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the other way. I speak faster than my mind works, whatever it is. I, I, I trip over words quite often and last names, especially like if it's like yours is kind of easy. It's, it's right there. You put it yeah. on front street. Yeah. I put it all out there. That's, that's how I do. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. So we were just talking before we started the show about um, how we have the uh, – Garrett is a mutual friend of ours. Garrett, yeah, for those Garrett, that don't remember, yeah. was our first ever guest here. Uh, yes, Garrett Smith, who is a, a real funny dude. I, I haven't caught any of his stand-up comedy yet. Um, I've caught a couple of his uh, I Like to Movie movie shows, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which I'm a huge fan of. But him and I – so the way Garrett and I met was uh, I used to – so uh, I've been podcasting for like 10 years now or almost 10 years. Oh, uh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, very. I remember the. Uh, so one of the, I think one of like our first real interactions on the podcast society was me posting our tenth episode, which was celebrating failure. And and as we discussed before we started recording today, just a lot of things went wrong with four <laughs> interviews that I recorded. Mm-hmm. And um, you had posted something about like, oh yeah, we've all been there, blah blah blah. And I kind of just smiled because like I shouldn't be making those mistakes ten years in, but I still do. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, there's some. With anything that's, from what I've learned from my my event coordinating experience, is that the best uh, managers of live situations are, are able to put out fires and then adjust to like 
the unexpected. Like there's, you know, you could, you can sit there and think of every risk that could possibly happen. And then, you know, like my third episode or no, my, the second episode I ever recorded for my show I lost the second half and had to re-record it. <laughs> Cause, uh, yeah, because I, I just totally blanked and forgot that I had recorded, like, a practice episode with, like, my girlfriend and a couple of our friends. And my memory card uh, was full. And the way that I had my recording set up, like, I couldn't see the screen of, like, my recorder to say that it was full. Uh, okay. Like, the, the blessing in disguise was that my show has, like, a natural break at, like, the half hour mark. And that's, yeah. that's when it filled up. So it was like, it was that's perfect. Good. It was perfect. Like, oh, can we just do that segment again? Cause you know, that's apparently where it cut us off. So yeah, it was, it, it, but yeah, you're right. There's, it, you know, there's always, there's always hurdles that you didn't even see yeah. coming. You have to go over. Well, and, and so for me, like, this is my, uh, I guess this will end up being around episode 19 or 20, I think, when it's all said and done. 18 is what it says in front of me. So we'll go with that, episode 18. Oh, cool. Um, which will be like, so we're in mid-June now-ish. So uh, people listening. So you're, we're like just kind of getting into the summer season and whatnot. But um, this is like my first long-form interview show. Like everything else I've ever done has been more... Um, uh, radio centric. So like I, I've like where we had those natural breaks like you did. So I used to record a lot of two hour shows sure. uh, and we do like 15 minute segments, a five minute break. It was very, uh, I wouldn't say very produced. Cause at some point after my first real podcast, I, I, we still podcasted, but what we ended up doing really was going live stream. Eventually. I don't okay. know if, um, uh, if you are familiar with the site stick cam, I am not, no. Okay, so they, they don't exist anymore. Uh, <laughs> okay. But uh, they were before, like, uh, I guess Twitch is, like, the biggest live streamer now. Sure, yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but we'll go, let's see, it's probably been about s- over six years since, I think StickCam shut down about five years ago, maybe four years ago. But, um, like, s- I started live streaming probably seven, eight years ago. Okay. Um, and Stickcam was like th- basically there was like YouTube for pre-recorded videos and Stickcam for live streams. I think UStream was around and um, Blog TV maybe, but to me it always seemed like all the traffic was going to Stickcam. And for years we were in that format of like let's just go live. Like you like you mentioned earlier, that's one of the things that like okay, yes, four interviews. Uh, about five and a half, six and a half hours of my life, uh, wasted, um, was, you know, a horrible train wreck, but that live experience I have kind of kicked into gear. I was like, all right, well I can make a show out of this still. And uh, yeah. And, and so you're right. Like I think, uh, live streaming and, and the one live podcast we ever did in an, in a bar, like that's that's kind of where I, I I my all my experience is. So going into this long form interview uh, format is like a whole new learning experience, especially if you've ever and I know you have it, but like anyone that's follows this show probably followed my past stuff. Um, I'm a horrible interviewer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not like the, my first ever interview. Have you ever heard of um, Fat Baby Leg? Fat baby leg? Fat baby leg. Oh, fat baby leg. Uh, fat. uh, no. 
he was on this show. It was it was on NBC and it and it was like American Idol and like um America's Got Talent, but I don't think it was any of that. It was on NBC over 10 years ago at this point. The X Factor? No, it wasn't X Factor. The Voice? It was so No. You, so you think you can dance? No, no, cuz it was so it was one of the, it was more like America's Got Talent where you like you could have any talent. Um, and maybe even, maybe that's been around long enough that, that it was that show, but I don't think it was, it was a show of that nature. That's not the important part. Um, maybe, maybe. (laughs) but so this dude, uh, he, he sang like a, a, he was a parody guy kind of like he did, he, he did original stuff, but it was all comedy. So like he sang this song called Christopher Columbus and if I can find it, I will cut it into this show or at least a little bit of it. Um, and I, I, he, I knew of him from Kid Chris. I don't know if you were a Kid Chris fan back in the day. Um, yeah, like the Shock Jock, right? Yes, yes. So, yes. so, and that's the type of radio. I, like that's what I was into ten years ago. I was, you know, my humor was very different ten, fifteen years ago because I grew up. I don't want to say grew up, but my early, I would say you. you I, I'm again the no research i'm taking a wild stab that you are uh, a stand-up comedian as well as a podcaster correct and that's correct okay. yeah i so, am a jack of all trades i do stand-up i've done improv i'm a podcaster um oh we'll talk improv later yeah yeah so and i'm uh starting to like dip my hands in the sketch because like i'm a writer by trade so it's kind of okay. silly for me to not try that so yeah, yeah so if it if it can be funny i will i will try that medium so, um, so that was like, my humor was geared towards shock jock and kid Chris to me was always like the next Howard Stern. Uh, yeah. He just got fired before he could really, really do that. Yeah. No, uh, I, I remember him being on like when I was younger and I was just like, I think at like the, the right time in my life and like the right yeah. age to like be really into him. And he yeah. was just doing like, he was just doing like really fun. Um, he was doing like, interactive stuff yeah, with his totally. listeners like before that was like uh, a no-brainer move to do if you want to like be on social media you know what i mean like yeah, this was like yeah, before totally. like social media you know like just that whole like his he would for people that don't remember him at least this is the segment that sticks with me like at the end of his shows he'd have this thing called like graffiti yes and it was just like a voicemail box and they would just play like clips of whatever anyone left as the voicemail and like you know that's that's the equivalent like to me like nowadays that's like when you get your tweet read like on a tv show on a radio show you know like those kind of shout outs are are so cool and so much fun and yeah that that really drew me to the show like i i remember that to this day you know and and you know what's funny i until you mentioned that like i never really equated to like kate chris kind of being maybe one of the at least in our area like one of the first people to like embrace what new media is and and he wasn't doing new media by any stretch of the imagination sure yeah Um, i mean he was a radio show but yeah mm. i mean he may not have been the first but like i at least you know uh (laughs) hit the search button on my on my car dashboard and stumbled upon his show and like that was like my introduction to like oh like like the content that i'm absorbing can be like participatory you know yes yes he because uh, something uh, a theme of this show or, or a theme of me doing podcasting at the very least is like very pro indie um and very pro new media 
And something that we've talked about with previous guests is like in, in this world, you have to be, um, to succeed, like you have to interact with your, your followers, you know, whether that be social media or doing a live broadcast or whatever it is, like you have to be very interactive. And, and, you know, I never really thought of Kid Chris as that guy, but he totally was like, he was one of the most interactive, um, DJs or shock jocks or whatever, um, that I, even during like the, the free FM years of YSP and like when talk radio was huge here, um, he was kind of like the only one kind of embracing the listeners. Uh, you know, Stern, you know, obviously did, or at least, uh, his crew did, but, um, as a Philly guy. And, and here's the one thing I love about kid Chris still is that he's doing radio out in, I think, Text. It's either somewhere in Texas or somewhere in uh, Midwest. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know where he. I remember looking up where he moved to after he got fired and left Philly. But then again, like that could have happened to him again. Like he, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like yeah. Texas sounds familiar to me, but he could be like he could have lost that job and be in like a new town now. You know, like I have yeah. No- he- since he left Philly, he's in at least a second town. So like he's got, he went from Philly to, to, I think, well, he did podcasting for a while um, because he was still under contract when he got fired from Philly. Um, so he couldn't do anything on regular radio, but he was able to do podcasting. Oh, okay. uh, and then, and I think he did that out of Texas. And then he went to, I believe um, Portland, Oregon. Okay. Um, and then he went somewhere else and maybe one other place. And I've really kind of like have not kept, I once he moved to the third time, I kind of uh, stopped keeping tabs on him. But the one thing like every now and then, like I'll see it somewhere on Twitter or something like he very much considers, I think, Philly a second home to him. Like he's he's a Flyers fan. Um, he, he really digs like the way. Uh, the Philly listeners were. I think the Philly listeners are his biggest audience to follow him from place to place because Philly was his first big market. Um, but um, he is – this is a long way of saying that like <laughs> uh, for like g- guys like you and Garrett, I imagine you have like stand-up comedians that kind of informed you. For me, it was like Kid Chris and Stern and whatnot. And that's yeah. eventually changed to like now – more like I consider more of Kevin Smith, um, uh, like a, a muse for me, and uh, like I, Aisha Tyler, like Wait, these now, guys nowadays or Kevin yes. Smith? Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I, I've been, always been a Kevin Smith. In fact, Garrett and I, we hosted probably the best podcast in the world that lasted <laughs> a few weeks, uh, Monday Pod. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much into Kevin Smith you are, but he runs a podcast network called Smodcast. Okay. Uh, so we literally sat around and talked about Kevin Smith and his podcast network for an hour a week. Um, it was, uh, we, 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 we rebranded after a couple months. Um, but that was like, so, 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 um, oh God, we're all over the place already. Uh, so I don't, so yeah, so radio was kind of like my muse and now it's more so like Kevin Smith. Like now I've realized, I realized in my mid to late twenties, uh, which was a couple of years ago, going on five or six years now that, um, I, uh, I want to be like a writer director. Okay. Uh, so now, and, and of course, like I realized that like probably about a year or two before I had my first kid. Yeah. Uh, so like, it's all perfect, difficult. Perfect time. <laughs> 
Yeah, perfect timing. So like, you can't take that leap. Like, that's a leap you can't take when when at least when the kids are young. Yeah. Um. But like, so very much so. Like, I'm in that same kind of world where like you're you're you want to enter sketch comedy. Um. I, I I'm doing it on the YouTube, or at least I want to. Like, we have a bunch of stuff written. One thing recorded from five years ago um and we produce we produce a bunch podcasting's always been my one true love like i just if you can't sell i love to talk <laughs> no not at all i i haven't had i've had to fill a lot of time so i i yeah. thought you didn't like to talk at all yeah, no. <laughs> um no that's so um no i i it's funny i recently got into pod i'm very new to podcasting in a way i hope i'm not like ruining my street cred uh but yeah <laughs> We're, um, I guess, uh, we'll have like almost as many episodes as you. I think like, the, oh. yeah, uh, we we released it at like the beginning of February, and it's been like every Tuesday since. So I'm not sure how many weeks. Oh, okay. Because I'm not good at like calendar math, but <laughs> yeah, no, um, no one is. It's like a pro, like it's approaching twenty if it's not at twenty. And then I only started listening to podcasts like a little over a year ago. So oh wow. Yeah, so but I just dove really in. Like I at the time I was working this job that I just really didn't like at all and um I had to start going to the office more and the commute was miserable. It was like upwards it was over 2 hours each way. Oh, yeah, and you know like I hated I hated all the music on my playlist, so like one of my best friends was like you should start listening to podcasts and then um I did and I was like, oh, this the, why was I doing this before? And then yeah. To kind of go back to mentioning Kevin Smith, it's inter- the reason I asked that question earlier is that for me, Kevin Smith was like a muse for me when I was like in middle school and like early high school. Um, like not so much as I got older. Um, I haven't really kept like a ton of tabs on him, but you know, like the the his whole like Southwest plane fiasco, I wasn't like a huge fan of. Um, but you know, I get I I I see both sides of that, and then you know, it's just. Um, but yeah, when growing up, like he was a huge inspiration to me because, you know, I, I'm Philly born and raised and, you know, he's right across the river in like New Jersey. Yeah. And here's a guy that's just like, like, no, like, fuck it. Like I work, I, I, I try to go to school for film and stuff, but they're not teaching me enough. So I'm going to quit school and I'm just going to max out my credit cards and like make this movie I care about. And he got very lucky and right place, right time, had great people behind him. And, you know, people yeah. loved what he had to say and what he had to say was great. Um you know, I'm not, you know, and I think he'd be the first to admit it, you know, don't, not everyone should necessarily do yeah, the no, plan yeah. of success, but just that whole, like, you know, when you're growing up and you, and you see famous people and you see Hollywood, it just, especially, I feel like at least from my world and environment, it just feels so distant. And even geographically, like I'm in Philly, they're in LA. Like that's, yeah. that's just such a different world. Like, ah, that's so like. That's so not close to a possibility for me. And then basically his story. And then also like I used to work at a comic book store in the mall. I used to work at GameStop in the mall. So like mall rats was right up my alley. Uh, yeah. uh, like dogma is like the white, one of, my favorites. one of my absolute favorites of his, you know, like, and just the way that he talks about religion and Catholicism is just like totally how I was feeling. And yeah, just for that, all of his, like, you know, the Jersey trilogy and the, the couple movies after that, um, I just like he just was totally speaking to me, and then again, like just being a local guy that that made it was just so like it's always been inspiring to me. Like I've definitely lost my way and have 
you know, not always been as creative as I could have been, but mm-hmm. that definitely wow. spoke with me. Yeah. So for, I'm, I'll be 32 this year and, and I discovered Kevin Smith, I believe much like a lot of the, the movies that everyone should be watching. Like a lot of that stuff was introduced to me uh, from my uncle, who's only uh, like 16 years older than me. Sure, sure. So, so I remember watching this black and white film uh, <laughs> yeah, called, yeah. called clerks yeah. when, at a very young age, um, younger than I should have been uh, yeah. watching it. And, you know, I enjoyed it. Like I, it, it was, at the time I was too young to appreciate it. And I know I had seen at least dogma before I saw Jay and silent Bob and, and Kevin Smith up until I was like, we'll say it late, like probably out of high school or just at, like in 12th grade. Um, so like early two thousands, you know, Jay and Silent Bob was was the movie where I was like, you know, I Kevin Kevin Smith is I, what it, this what it was was the universe. Like I was like Jay and Silent yeah. Bob, like they've been in. I know they were in Dogma, and I th- I think they were in Clerks. So like. Uh, 17 year old me was like let me go back and re- revisit this career and like uh, for me Chasing Amy will always stand out as his his best film yeah no I agree 100% uh, there's no, the, like, the, it, it is it is a bad that his best film for sure yes yeah. uh, the 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 monologue that um, Ben Affleck has uh, in the car ride uh, is always what every time I ever was like, Oh, I might have to do like a monologue if I go to school for acting or if I do this thing, they want me to say something. Um, most recently, I, I, I'm dropped out of college, so like I'm kind of, I'm going back now because I feel like I gotta set an example for the kids, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I took a public speaking class online, don't know how that works, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked. Uh, and one of the things was like, you have to do a monologue and you have, it has to be X amount of minutes. And like that monologue is just, was like a minute too shy, but that's always been a monologue that I said, I want to, it's that monologue and my, my other favorite monologue ever, the, the, that one and one other one are, are tied for first is the, the silent Bob chasing Amy monologue. Sure. Yeah, no, that, uh, that's that. That's what I thought you were going to say before you jumped into the Ben Affleck one. Because that's yeah, yeah. No, both of them um have always spoken to me, and like I've always like uh like so with Clerks, I've always kind of I felt more like Dante. Like that's how I feel. Uh, kind of feel like um Holden in in Chasing Amy. Um, so like the characters that Kevin Smith tends to write uh that are more geared towards him or at least chain silent bot well we, uh dogma and and before like the characters that kind yeah. of represent him have always kind of represented me as well yeah um and a common theme i say on this show is that i'm like the less famous slightly thinner kevin smith <laughs> uh uh, because I I do totally I I like the he started podcasting right around when I pot started podcasting. Uh, I used to think that you know I should be I, like I I should host five shows a week and so like right when he started his podcast network I was starting mine and like it was not like it was all coincidental and stuff and then um, I I what I've learned uh, and the the thing that I'll always take away now from Kevin Smith is like. Um, you know, uh, do, do it for love versus for money. That was like the mindset back in the day. It was like, oh, I'll have a podcast network and I'll make money. Yeah. And now, now, like, I do kind of restrain myself down to one podcast. I think I, I co-host another monthly podcast once in a while. Sure. Uh, yeah. 
But uh, that, uh, you know, the the thing that's more like inspiration, I have it on my phone, I, I, the picture, I never delete it. It's a picture that he sent out years ago, I think around 2010. Um, it was a picture of uh, uh, the audience at Carnegie Hall when he played Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and like it, the the quote is is something like uh you know I was a fat kid from Jersey and now I'm doing this so if I can make it anyone can yeah, yeah. uh and whenever I'm feeling like uh you know man like why am I just not writing or why am I not doing this or that like I always kind of look at that picture and say fucking just even if it takes you 10 years just do it like just find a way to do it yeah. um and that's kind of like his big mantra now is like go out and do a podcast like everyone can do it it's a free thing to do um you know it takes money to make a movie it doesn't take money to do a podcast and yeah. i don't know he, he he's um the, well, the, it, it takes money to i mean um, yeah movies in general obviously are more expensive than a podcast but you know it depends on what you want to do like nowadays like the tools yeah. are cheap like you know like you can i mean your smartphone will have mm. better resolution than like some of the cameras you can buy at best buy yeah. you know so um yeah if you if, if you if you want to try and make a studio film that's going to cost millions and millions and millions but like you can like there's youtube like there's you know yeah yeah so so today's today's technology definitely does make making a movie easier um, but, um, and, and, and with podcasting, what I always say is like, yes, absolutely. It is easy to do a podcast and it is, everyone has a story just like well, he says, it, I mean, but for, for the listeners out there, it, yeah, it is easier than making Captain America civil war. <laughs> it is not necessarily easy. <laughs> well, and that, and that's the, that's the caveat is that there is, um, Basically, the after we're sitting down and recording it, and and even uploading it, really, it's everything else that's involved. Depending on what your podcast is, yeah. like like for me, like it, there's a lot of work going into finding people to come on the show. Sure. Uh, the mon- there's there's a money cost that I think is roughly twenty five dollars a month for me to keep everything up and running, oh, which yeah. is more than just the podcasting. You're very but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah, it, it's uh, it can be super expensive. Uh, I mean, and when I say twenty five dollars a month, that's just like hosting fees. Like, there's, I mean, there's an eighty dollar microphone in front of me. Uh, yeah. That's not including the like I'm a I, the the I'm sitting in what I have dubbed the shedio. It's my shed that is also my studio, and um, that will eventually like I want to be easily dropping another thousand dollars into this over the hopefully the next year so that it will become like a full-fledged studio uh and i can do more than just like voip uh interviews um but uh yeah so it can be very expensive uh i like to i try to do everything on the the cheapest end possible hence the reason we're using zencaster and and not and not zencaster is great i'm not let me put that out there i don't want the guy saying well fuck this dude Zencaster is great. Brought to you by Zencaster. <laughs> yes. I've, oh my God, Zencaster. Pl- you know what? I I made a plea on Twitter the other day. I'm not a like I'm not big into sponsors, but like if there's something that I like, I want them to be a sponsor. Huge. Uh, yeah, and sure. there's this thing called Nerd Tea or Nerdy Tea, and it's like a subscription box uh that you get tea in and there's like nerd themed like it's like Yoda uh, Master Yoda green tea and then yeah, like they oh cool. yeah yeah. 
And then they give you like other nerdy things that come with it. So they, they started following me on Twitter and I said, uh, and in my race to 5,000 tweets, I always, whenever I near like that epic number, my last 10 tweets are always crafted into something. So like I wasted one of my tweets on them and I made sure to point it out because I wanted them to be my sponsor. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, uh, this is what I do on Twitter. It's stupid. Wait, what do you mean uh, you wasted one of your tweets? Oh, so, because so like, all right. So I had, I was at four, 4,990 tweets or not, maybe 80, whatever the number was. I had 10 tweets to get to 5,000 tweets. Oh God, you got it. So, so I always, whenever I, so like when I hit, when I'm nearing 6,000 tweets, the last 10 tweets, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to try to craft uh, something ridiculous. Like my, my 5,000th tweet was the quote unquote ultimate selfie where I took a selfie doing duck face blue steel, uh, photoshopped a uh, Triple H's body onto my body, uh, poorly, a poorly photoshopped yeah. uh, thing. Uh, did a, a like two filters or something like that, and of course, has, hashtagged it no filter, no Photoshop. Yeah. Uh, and like to me, it's like, and it, it, it's so stupid. Like everyone, I know everyone, all my followers saw it and said, "This fucking asshole." Yeah. But to me, it's just like it's just a funny thing of what I like. I said I'm in in my early 30s, so like I'm on a cusp of being a millennial, a millennial, aka not understanding social media. Yeah. Um, like I, Twitter's like Twitter and Facebook is what I know. Snapchat, I don't know what that means. Like I don't get it. Sure. Uh, that's where I borderline become a, uh, a like a grouchy old man and say yeah, I'm scared it, of technology. It's interesting because like I mean I'm not that much younger than you. I'm 30, so it's like I so it, I, I watched this ama- like great speech from uh, Adam Conover. Uh, for people that aren't familiar with his name, uh, he's the guy behind Adam Ruins Everything, which was on okay. Humor and now on like True TV. Yeah. Um, and I, I like love his, his whole thing. Like that, like being smart and being funny. Like I, if you can let, if I can learn something while I'm laughing, that's just like the greatest experience ever in my book. So, um, he had this great speech that he did at like some marketing convention, um, about how the whole convention was about like marketing and millennials. And he had this great, like 25 minute speech about how, you know, millennials are bullshit. There's no such thing as a millennial or something. Or, and basically, he was just debunking the idea of of generations and generational names. You know, like whatever name we assign to some grouping of birth years is kind of arbitrary. And the only reason people do it is so they can write books about it. But yada yada yada. But in any case, yeah. it was fun to watch him go down memory lane about how people tried to name our generation and like at one point like the one that pseudo stuck for a minute was generation y (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i remember that because the generation before us was generation x and it's it's funny how like we're all considered millennials now like anyone that's like from 19 born 1980 up or whatever but i i wish that they would break us in half like i wish that us that were like in our late late 20s or like 30s and beyond were generation y and like everyone that was like younger than us millennials because it's like yeah you know people that are in their early 20s um you know like at my age of 30 like i still remember going to like elementary school and there was like four computers for the whole class or something you know or like yeah, yeah. um 
like what's it like i remember typing on a typewriter like i know like i i remember my parents like taping a movie off like hbo so they have it you know or um yeah like there's just like this magical little box yeah like vhs and then just you know there's just a lot of like i remember in middle school if i had some after school activity when i was done i would dial down the center to get my dad to pick me up you know which like no 23 year old understands that reference you know what i mean like and uh yeah just like the whole like calling collect thing like what you didn't have a cell phone since you were in like fourth grade um it, that blows my mind kids yeah. today in elementary school have a cell phone I, I i look at that and i like i look at my fiance and say i hope we don't become those parents like i don't like my my when my kid's 15 and has a job he'll have a phone other than that he doesn't need one yeah but it's funny because it's like i feel part of me feels the same way because it's like oh i want my kids to have the same experience as me but then like i could see like the protective parent in me being like oh well, i definitely want to like one be the cool parent and if everyone else if all his friends have cell phones or his or her <laughs> like he i don't want him to be left her left me behind but then at the same time like well i want to get a hold of my child at any point you know or at yeah. least at least have a reason you know if i if they came home late and i'm like hey why were you past curfew they could be like well i would have told you if i had a phone you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. whole, that whole speech which you're like oh man now i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i guess that's a bridge i'll cross when i need to uh you know it's kind of uh his his uh cousin my son's cousin uh my nephew has uh i don't think it re- has service but it's a phone still and like um because his grandmom got a new one and uh he yeah. gave it to him she gave it to him and uh, so at four, my son's four, four and a half. And, and he goes, well, Liam has a phone. Can I have a phone? And I'm like, no, you're four. Why do you need a phone? Yeah. And yeah. it's well, so we, it's already starting at four years old. But we were like the same way. You know, like I remember I remember being like first or second grade. I don't even know how old that is at this point. But it's like that's pretty young. Like I remember being yeah. in first grade and being lucky enough to have like a Super Nintendo but like, <laughs> but like, still wanting a Game Boy. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're, like, yeah, okay, you're right. You no, know, I like a Game Boy back then was like the kids of today's like phone or tablet or whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, okay, that's valid. Because uh, that was like, it's 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 funny because I was thinking the other day or, or or whatever that like, man, kids today they don't know what it's like to go on a long uh, car trip and have like really nothing. But like I sat in the back of a car with a Game Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's fun. Like I have that too. Like I remember going to amusement rides with my like parents and stuff, and like being proud. Like yeah, like I waited like an hour to ride Splash Mountain. You know, like kids yeah, these yeah. days never wait that long. But it's like yeah, they definitely could. Like they're gonna like <laughs> they're <laughs> they're gonna you know respond to all these training topics on Twitter and like you know crush a few levels of uh candy crush you know so yeah yeah it's i i always wonder like when uh when do i start sounding like the old guy because i do like i think <laughs> we already have <laughs> yeah i mean yeah so i i think that's it's now and it's weird yeah. because i don't feel old like i'm 30 i'll be 32 so uh i i and i don't ever consider myself an adult i mean i own a house i own a car i have two kids uh <laughs> I, i'm an adult but like 
I still play video games on a regular basis. I don't ever for uh, okay, not a regular basis, but I still enjoy playing video games when I have a time uh, a time to. Uh, I sit sure. around yeah. and uh, I, I write make believe. I sit around and like do this, uh, which I don't feel like is an old man's game. It's definitely like my parents don't sit around doing podcasts. Yeah, but that uh, that's the difference. Is like, um. You know, everyone is as much as I just hated on generations. Everyone is like a product of the generation. So it's like, yeah, like I'm sure I'll be like um, podcasting or, you know, playing different flash games or something or whatever. But it's like, I, I guess the best way that I can compare it is, you know, my dad, when he was in like his 20s, uh, was a huge Philly sports fan. And went to games or like went out to like watch the game and he played sports with his friends like they would play tennis or like bowling or something. And like, you know, literally until this year, he's uh, 63. He like just finally stopped bowling and not not because he can't anymore, but that's because he's now playing pickleball, you know, like, you know, like so like for him, like that's. Like, my version of that would be like, oh, I'm done with Counter-Strike. I'm fine <laughs> playing Halo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's, yeah, everyone has – because, like, back back when he was our age, there's there's no – there's no Nintendo. There's no Magic yeah. the Gathering. There's no, there's no podcast. You know, so it's like um, – yeah, and you, you just get uh, – there's a reason that you enjoy these things. Is it just gives you like yeah. this sense of identity, you know. Like I will, I will like always be nerdy and like play card games and stuff because it's just like what I grew up on. You know, it's it's funny because I just uh, got back into Magic: The Gathering again. Like like we started playing maybe two three months ago again. Okay. Uh, my uh, my brother-in-law or soon-to-be brother-in-law, uh, he's like, I think I want to play Magic, and I don't I don't think he ever played, or if he did, it was again when we were like kids. Yeah. Um, I played what when I was a teenager uh, for up, and I had cards up until my early twenties that I sold eventually for you know probably beer money. Sure. Um, sure. And uh, and then so recently I'm like, well, hey, that was dumb. Like, if if I knew back then I was going to play now, I wish I I would have kept them. Yeah. But, but um. It's- so hard like so i i cashed out in like 2000 2009 i think um sounds about right but i was you know so i have like a ton of the older cards and and stuff and you know i at the time i thought i was never gonna play magic again and you know i had bought an underground c for 20 dollars, and i was selling it to a friend at a discount for 80 dollars. so it's just mm-hmm. like as a no brainer getting four times on my money. I don't think I'm ever going to play again. Then of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, like Godfather three style, they fucking pull you back in somehow. <laughs> and you know, you're just like, shit, that card's now $300, you know? So it's, yeah, it's just, you can't, you can't be just every, like literally anyone that's played magic has the exact same story. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's funny. Actually, um, my, so my, my best friend, um, he, I don't think he ever sold his cards. He still has them, but his brother, uh, who is, I always think he's only a couple years younger than us, us, but he is, I think like seven years younger than us or something. And, um, he's just now selling his cards to like 
you know, make some investments and stuff. And he's getting like a pretty penny for him. But like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting there talking to my buddy about it. I'm like, man, in seven more years when he's our age, he's going to kill himself because he's going to get back into it. Like if he's anything like us, he's going to get back into it. Um, Yeah. And and the thing that. It all depends on what he has too. Like it's the, like the, the the magic of this interesting market, you know, like it's, um, I think like right now is like a, a weird like bubble on like the singles markets. And I'm not sure that like if he has cards, that, if he's been getting cards that were current for a while now, seven years from now, like it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be as dramatic as it was for like, Oh, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think he has current cards. Like he still has cards. Like I don't think he's played in years either. And he played when we played. Okay. So like he may have been younger than us, but he still played. Um, so he had the cards that I had that I sold off probably about six to seven years ago. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, like even, even six or seven years ago is only like world wake, like a oh, block, like Lorwyn, right? Like when were you playing? Uh, well, so I, I sold six or seven years ago, but I was playing, um, years before that and had like, I, I think probably the most recent thing I had at the time was maybe unglued, which was that weird set, yeah, yeah. but, but fallen empire was like the big thing. Fallen empire and ice age were like the two big sets that I had. So they were mid like late nineties, I think. Yeah, but I mean, like, like, yeah, like nothing from. I can't think of anything off the top of my head from like Fallen Empires or alliances that are or, or not alliances. I always say they're worth like a ton of money. I have yeah. See, I, I don't. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I have no idea to be honest. Yeah, like it's yeah. Unfortunately, they were not the two to invest in heavily. Not that there's not that they were horrible sets. I'm not trying to hate on anyone out there, but yeah, like. <laughs> Like the best cards that come to mind to me in Ice Age, like there's two problems. One, they were reprinted in other sets, so yes. that you know fractures like the <laughs> that splits the stock. And yeah. um, the 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 other like powerhouse cards in that set are like only legal and vintage and restricted. Yeah. So you know, like it's yeah. not. Uh, like I think like an ice like an Ice Age Necropotence, like there's no way. But that's worth more than twenty dollars, and it's probably only ten dollars. Man, dude, I thought I was into magic. Still, you are like you're naming things. I'm like, I don't what? <laughs> I, I don't remember uh, any yeah. of this. So I um <laughs> I used to like have a like a column for like writing magic strategy, and I've oh, and okay. I've I've I still keep in touch with like the vintage magic scene. Okay. Like I I've been playing magic since like the fourth grade, off and on, and yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I've, uh, I used to for like a minute tried to like grind to get on the pro tour, and then um, just wasn't. I got sucked back into that life, and I was just like, this is not for me. Like I need to do something else different with my time. But yeah, like card games have been a huge, huge part of my life. Like I used to work at basically like a specialty store that only, you know, that its focus was trading card games like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon for like four years and then even after i left the store i still helped them like run events you know like like events for like where the main event was like two thousand people so oh, wow um wow. yeah so i i like live and breathe card like even though i have not played magic i've maybe played magic once this calendar year okay like i am still my my facebook feed is like philly comedians 
and people that I've played magic with, you know? So it's like, I am still very much like on, like I, I know the spoilers are for like eternal masters, you know? And, and like, I'm aware of how my, I guess for lack of a better term, nest egg is doing. <laughs> and I get, I get wow. really scared sometimes, <laughs> um, wow. but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, what a- what I've just learned is that I don't want to play you in magic because I will I will feel like a a, a complete noob. <laughs> no, it's all right. That well, that's the beauty of magic is that you know, um, uh, just to put like the shoe on the other foot, you know, there's uh, like the way that you're feeling about me. There's obviously people that are like hardcore pros or Hall of Fame pros for magic that I'd be like, oh my god, that guy's clearly better than me. But like if they only get one land or like Mulligan yeah. before, then like, you know, you can, there's so many, like, that's what's beautiful about trading card games when they're designed. Right. Is that, you know, if, if you're very knowledgeable and you're very skillful in the long run, you will have more wins and your losses and you will be like rewarded. But on any like given day or given match or given game, anybody can beat anybody. And that's, that's what's beautiful about it. That's what keeps, everyone playing that's mm. also what's really frustrating when you take it seriously and that's why i had to yeah, stop yeah, yeah. playing yeah. it's like <laughs> you dedicate like all this time and you go to the big event and you just like oh today wasn't my day so like i just spent all this money and just didn't <laughs> didn't get didn't read the spoils at all you know um you know there's so many events where not necessarily with magic but like other card games i've played where mm. um you know a teammate or just somebody else was playing like the right deck, you know, like if it was the listeners that aren't familiar, you know, let's say, cause you're allowed to bring your own, uh, assembly of cards to play in the event. So let's say if you boiled it down to like a rock, paper, scissors situation, let's say everyone in, let's say the overwhelming majority of the room was playing rock and you're like, mm-hmm. sweet, I showed up with paper. But the first three rounds, I happened to play against scissors. I'm just fucked. Like, there's nothing yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. And my friend can win with paper. And it's like, good. He knew what he was doing. And he, he picked the thing that we thought was going to do great. But it's like, that's what can be kind of, uh, <laughs> that's what can be really frustrating about it. Well, I, uh, I, I don't think the beginning half of, uh, of you talking about magic, I don't think I've ever heard it put so, uh, elegantly, uh, <laughs> the, I had a guest on here who, who, um, so I recently got big into like tabletop podcasting and, um, thanks to, uh, Jeff Stormer, uh, who, uh, is part of the Philadelphia podcasting society and also, um, the host of, uh, this other podcast called, um, too cool for tabletop jason ashley they both their podcast got me into tabletop more than i've ever been in my in my life uh like when so that like that's uh, his his theory he's talked about magic jason ashley um from too cool uh he his theory is that like you you start off playing magic the gathering and that leads you into like D or other tabletop games which leads you into larping which eventually leads you down the road to uh becoming a serial killer <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah which which is a, an interesting theory um but it's it's it is kind of true because like i i back when i used to play magic in my high school we so I think it was a teacher said let's start up a D and D group, and like it didn't pan out. Like we all it was like me and my buddy joined, and it just like no one took it seriously, or or maybe serious isn't the right word, but it wasn't 
it wasn't fun. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, so, I'm the same way. So so we, we, we didn't play. And then years later, I think we tried again and same thing happened. And then um, more recently, and we'll we'll say up to probably about a year ago, um, like my friend started a group, and like boom, they finally found like their, like they finally clicked. And I played in the first round. I played like I just I wasn't there yet. There was something like whatever happened. Like I wasn't ready to play. And and getting into Magic, getting into these tabletop podcasting, and really I was a guest on um, Party of One, and we played this Doctor Who RPG game. Okay, and. It was so much fun, but also taking serious enough, whatever that means in the world of RPG, that I was like, I want to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And and so like I told my buddy, I was like, hey, I want to I want to play again. Like I, I think I'm ready to, to play, and and f- I think my mind's in the right set. And like, and to the point where like, okay, we had a lot of fun in the session that we played in April, and we recorded it. Like that's one of the podcasts that I co-host is that we've recorded a four hour session, yeah. and we're gonna air it monthly um and we had so much fun doing it i was like this show will work as a live podcast my friend <laughs> and like which is like halfway between D and larping so i'm not i'm no i'm nowhere near the serial killer stage yet but yeah yeah um it's yeah you bought the van at least yes and i have like i i so there's this game called dungeon world that um that i i'm uh, going to get uh, start a uh, probably another monthly podcast on uh, with a friend. Uh, we're gonna it's gonna be kind of combining like Party of One and then Too Cool, where it's a campaign, but it's uh, only one guest or or one player. Um, and uh, it, it's it more Dungeon World promotes storytelling more than D anD D does, and it's it's an interesting system that I'm learning as I read the, the rule book. But yeah, like I've de- I've dove in head first into it, like. It's D and D or just role playing in general is so much fun. Interesting, yeah. I uh, I've always hated it. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always hated it, which is super interesting because nowadays, like doing more acting, just like being yeah. like a stand up or like a variety show performer, and then especially like improv. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just can't stand it. Like, and I think it's because. Um, it's just like, it's too much of like an exercise and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not enough of a game for me. Like I love, I'm very much my parents offspring in the sense that I love competition. Like I, I like, and D and D is just, um, it rewards you for like knowing all the rules and like dedicating yourself to being the character and then like being very cooperative to the narrative and I remember, like, in high school, I had, you know, nerdy friends that were into D&D, and I would try and play with them. And, you know, the dungeon master would, like, be setting a stage, and in my head, I'd just be, like, boring. And, I'm, like, they're, like, <laughs> you know, like, they'd be, like, all right, you guys enter this bar. What do you do? And I'm just, like, I punch that guy in the face because <laughs> I just want to fucking roll dice. Like, when do we fight, you know? <laughs> and that's, like, the worst way to play D&D ever, yeah. you know? Like, I'm, But, that yeah, that's just, you know... That's and that's why I've always gravitated to like card games or like tabletop board games. Um, there's like more, co- like I mean, there's board games that are cooperative that I'm okay with. But yeah, in general, I I like uh, it's it's enjoyable for me to like play a battle of wits 
whether I win or lose. Because it's like if I win, that's like, ah, sweet, I'm fucking awesome. Like I got rewarded for being smart. If I lose, I'm immediately like evaluating like, oh, how did I lose? And then like there's to me like that's a reward because I like I'll grow in some way, like getting better at that game or like thinking about something, you know, in like a strategic way. So, um, yeah, that's just uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say like to me that the the um what um what D and D and tabletop like offer for me is like hey this is like something that I decided I I also want to get into is improv and like me and my buddy have talked about like let's like and I I talked to Garrett about it and he's like that that's dumb and I I don't know how you feel as e- like either a stand up or or a, an improv artist but like we've talked about going to um, the Philly Improv Theater and taking a class because like it just would be a really fun exercise to do. Um, and like, to me, that's like where D and D comes like D and D for me is very much improv. Uh, and I, um, I, I don't know. I, there's, there's that role playing that improv is what I, I gravitate, gravitate to. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and so, so, okay. We, we let's finally kind of get into, you <laughs> and uh, uh, uh you can keep like i could talk about games and magic like all day <laughs> we didn't even we didn't even get into my card game credits which i was just like itching to talk about not really but kind of <laughs> um yeah i mean i guess to just like wrap wrap up like the nerdy so side I, of it the, uh anyone that the one cares thing that, okay. um i was never really that successful at magic like i won like some local things here and there. Um, recently, my only accreditations are like in vintage. Like last year, I placed like top sixteen at like vintage champs. But, um, but yeah, like I'm not. On, I've never been on a pro tour. I don't. I don't grind like that. Um, you. Bef- I took a long, long, long break from Magic and played like other TCGs. Uh, for people that aren't familiar, when Magic was like blowing up and like Yu-Gi-Oh was blowing up. And Pokemon was, like, on the rise again because, like, there were new kids playing Pokemon. And then, like, us as, like, teenagers were like, yeah, Pokemon's so cool. We love that shit. Um, There was, like, this golden age of training card games or, like, I guess, like, a new renaissance where they were releasing new games. And everyone thought the strategy was, like, oh, how a game is successful is you be like Magic. You have, like, a pro tour and you throw a bunch of money away as, like, prizes. So there was, like... There were all these like second rate games or like not as popular games were giving like tons of money away. So I got distracted and played a bunch of those. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was I mean, it was fun for a while. Like it was a great excuse to travel. That's in part why like I'm excited about comedy now. I I haven't traveled in a while. Um, Okay. but yeah, it was, you know, you would practice with your local team members and friends and um, travel to an event here. You know, I've. I've traveled all over the globe to like play in trading card games, you know, like I've, yeah, like in the States I've flown to like California, like numerous times I've gone, oh, wow. I've gone to like Paris for like a invitational world championship before. Um, so yeah, it gets like real, it gets real serious and real intense. And, uh, it, you it, are on a way different level than me. Yeah, like not, not in a bad way. Like that's just like that. It, it like, uh, it, I look. I used to travel for for work, and, and uh, I it was cool, and I'm glad I did it in my 20s. But like, uh, and I guess it would be cool if I went to like Paris or something. But wow, like I yeah, I never ever thought about taking magic 
that seriously, I guess. Yeah, and that that's like the competitive person in me. Like, yeah. so so like the analogy that your friend gave, where it's like, oh, you play magic, and then you play D and D, and then you play LARP, and then you become a serial serial killer. My path is you're introduced to magic, then you're grinding to try and make the pro tour, then you like work some like basic job where you don't really have a job, and then you're like some pseudo stock trader, like trying to like you know make money off margins on like speculating what cards are going to be worth <laughs> you know and then and then you i don't know you kill yourself i have no idea like i have no idea i haven't gotten to the final step yet but um but yeah like it's this way like deeper um super competitive like cutthroaty like uh, uh path yeah like <laughs> the path that your friend described makes sense if you are playing <laughs> games purely just to have fun <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so yeah uh, that's uh i i don't think i've ever talked to somebody that was like that into any like kind of training card game like i've known that there's all these world tours and that people do it and like um kind of like going back to what we talked about how like we're so far outside of hollywood and and that world mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. also like that that world of like like in that equation, you're Hollywood to me because like that's uh, well, <laughs> so, I've never even thought about that. That's funny. Yeah, it, I I just got really lucky. All right, we're gonna end the podcast right there this week. Uh, thanks to Brian for coming on the show. He's gonna be back next week for part two of our conversation. As you can tell, we didn't get into any of his podcasting career with full belly laughs. So we're gonna finish up about trading card games and Magic the Gathering, and then we're gonna get into a little bit of full belly laughs and a whole bunch of other fun things. Uh, make sure that you check out his website, fullbellylaughs.com. Him on Twitter at Full Belly Laughs. I believe his Instagram is also at Full Belly Laughs. Uh, and you know, it's support it, rate, review, every, anything you can do to help support that guy. Uh, he was a fantastic guest. Love talking to him. Um, we're working on something to hopefully, you know, cross promote in the future. So hopefully, you'll see me on his show because you know what? I like to talk and I like to eat. So his podcast. I don't. Why am I not hosting Full Belly Laughs for Christ's sake? Anyway, uh, for everything is awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and we'll catch you right here on awesomepodcast.com. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at awesomepodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at crudehumorstudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter and Instagram at That Entertains.